Hi, everybody. Can you hear me? Great. We'll wait another minute, see who else comes tonight. So more formally, good evening, everybody. Welcome. I'm Eugene Cash. This is a Sunday evening meeting of San Francisco Insight. Uh, we'll sit for about a half an hour and then there'll be a talk and, uh, and some interactive practice this evening that has been requested by the Sangha. So uh, please um, take a Seated, seated posture that uh, allows you to be upright and uh, relaxed. Sitting on your sits bones, if at all possible. So that there's an uprightness that begins at the base of the spine and goes all the way through the back of the neck. <clears throat> closed if you wish and letting your attention come inside and begin by feeling or sensing or being aware of your body sitting here have to find anything. We want to just find or discover whatever is here as we sense our experience of sitting here. And some of us will be aware of the contact that our body has with the chair or the cushion with the bench. Some of us will be aware of the temperature of the body, perhaps warm or cool. Some of us will be aware of the vibratory sensations of being alive at different parts of our body. Some people at times notice their heart beating.
Some people just feel the touch of the air on their skin or the clothing touching their skin. And of course, some of us will be aware that the body is breathing all on its own. You could be aware of the body sitting here or be aware of the body breathing or simply being aware of the aliveness that is sitting here in whatever form you are aware of, whatever way the aliveness of this moment displays itself through your life right in this moment. So we begin by cultivating an embodied awareness, being aware of the body sitting here, being aware of the life that's here in the body. For many of us, we'll be aware of the body's breathing as a way to get centered here in the life of the present moment. we feel here, centered, present, aware. We may also be aware of the thoughts that happen on their own, even when you're not trying to think about anything, or the emotions that may arise and display like the weather. Or there may be some uncomfortable sensations in the body, tension or tightness or ache or pain, or some pleasant sensations in the body, softness or lightness, or a sense of transparency or, or being almost like there's nothing here, even though we can feel the outline of the body. Whatever's here, we want to be aware of what's here, what's true in the present moment. As we cultivate this embodied, relaxed, open, awareness. And of course, when we're being aware of what's happening in the present moment, 
We also want to be aware of any reactions we have to what's happening in the present moment. The liking of it, or the not liking of it, or the wanting of it, or the not wanting of it. Whatever is here, or maybe the not reaction, the neutrality, or the equanimity that's here as we're just being aware of life displaying itself in this moment. you find yourself moment by moment please trust your guidance if you're aware of the different phenomena that appears thoughts and sounds and smells and sensations and emotions be aware of them don't just be identified with them be aware that they're appearing on their own. And if you're more drawn to just staying with the body and the breathing, please trust your guidance and give yourself to it very fully. Stay very intimate with the body, with the breath, with the physical aliveness that's happening here now.
So again, good evening for those of you who've joined during the meditation. Uh, again, if there's anybody who's new, I'm Eugene Cash, the founding teacher of SFI. And um, tonight we're going to um, explore uh, the second factor of awakening investigation and we're going to we're going to explore it a little bit I'll talk about it and then we're going to we're going to explore it interactively by doing some inquiry together and um, the the um, request came from the board and which came from people in the sangha to do more breakout rooms in a way that um, helps awaken us to dharma and also helps um, to, to establish a deeper sangha, a deeper connection for all of us. And it's really a beautiful way to practice together is to investigate or do inquiry together and, and really discover the Dharma together in that way. And it's um, the, the, the factor of investigation is the second factor of awakening. The first factor of, a, there's seven factors of awakening. The first one is mindfulness. And then on one side you have investigation and then effort and then joy. And the other side you have calm and samadhi and equanimity. And of course, mindfulness is the overarching factor. But when I think of practice, when I think of my practice specifically, investigation and mindfulness are the two things that are always happening for me, that are always part of my practice 24-7. And so I would really uh, encourage you to check out what happens tonight as we do this, as we practice together in this way. And, and really look more closely at what it means, what is this factor of investigation, which in the, in the Pali is Dhamma Vachaya, Dhamma Vachaya. Um, and it means uh, sometimes it's translated as investigation of the Dharma or, or truth discerning wisdom, truth discerning wisdom, because of course Dharma means truth truth discerning wisdom. Sometimes it's translated as self-correcting intelligence, which is a beautiful way to think about what invest, the, the impact of investigating and really learning more, discovering more, understanding more about what's here and what's here together for all of us. And another, another way it's talked about is the, um, um, the sword of discriminating wisdom because it's got a little vump to it. It's got a little sharpness to it at times, meaning we see clearly, directly, immediately, precisely. And that's very enlivening in our practice. And the... Um, the um, uh, Sayadaw Utejaniya, who's one of the teachers that I've practiced with, and I like to quote because he's very into investigation. It's part of his practice uh, 24-7. He's also very into awareness, and we're going to be using both awareness and investigation tonight. <clears throat> Sayadaw Utejaniya said, awareness alone is not enough. Having a desire to really understand what is going on is much more important than just trying to be aware. We must practice mindfulness. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, anyhow, we must practice mindfulness because we want to understand. And, and the understanding is really seeing what's true. What is the Dharma that we're all studying? that we've all given our time and energy to many of you for you know, years and years in that, at this point. And, and so we wanna keep learning at how can we keep waking up? How can we keep discovering more about the truth or about the Dharma? And so one of the um, components of, of this sword discriminating wisdom 
some of the components, curiosity, interest, wonder, not knowing, surprise, discovery. And so you hear the learning, right? And the learning that comes to the fruitfulness of understanding, right? And of course, the Buddha said that the committed life, the life dedicated to the Dharma is lived for the sake of seeing into things and understanding them. And so you hear how understanding is a metaphor for awakening in the Buddha's own teaching that we want to understand true and see the truth. And of course, the understanding is not just intellectual, it's intellectual and it's emotional and it's somatic. It's really all the different centers of the body, of the belly and the heart and the mind want to understand on each level that they understand. So conceptually and affectively and somatically, the letting the understanding as they would say in Zen, let it permeate your bones. That's where, that's where the deepest understanding is at a certain level. And so we wanna see how is it, what's it like to be curious, intelligent, interested, um, surprise, discover, uh, as we practice when we're sitting, but also as we practice when we're interacting, when we're, when we're discovering together. <clears throat> the the um, factor of investigation is said to be the factor that most nourished the Buddha on his seeking awakening as his, when he was seeking enlightenment or seeking to discover the truth of who and what he was. So um, <clears throat> there's um, a certain emphasis that we're giving to the uh, relational capacity to practice together today, because we're going to be interactive and we're going to use our thoughts and our feelings and our body and our speech also. And it's really, it's, a, it's not something that's taught first, usually in Buddhism. First, everybody gets taught to meditate, but then everybody wants to know how to live one's meditation, how to live as an enlightened person or as an awakened being or is not just bound to um, the kind of beliefs and ideas and identities that we've been bound to that are inhibiting or are, um, are not the potential that we all sense of what's possible for us as human beings. <clears throat> and so um, we wanna emphasize what, um, Jack Cornfield said Ajahn Chah taught that he would, that Ajahn Chah would often use for himself this method of reflective inquiry, right? And, and Jack talks about it this way. He says, reflective inquiry is a deliberate use of verbal thought to investigate the teachings, to investigate the teachings, meaning the Dharma as it's been given and the Dharma as the truth of what, whatever is here. And so the reflective inquiry is a deliberate use of verbal thought to investigate the teachings, as well as whatever attachments we might have, whatever fears or hopes, and even the feeling of identification itself, to be curious about it, to wonder, oh yeah, how does that happen that I'm believing that I'm this way or I'm that way? And then what happens if I am this way or that way? And or what happens if I see you and or I hear you and you you tell me who you are actually really you know being real together in that way is part of um, inquiry as we say what's true for us about what we understand or don't understand or what we like or what we don't like or what we love or what we hate even 
in order to see what happens as we inquire together. And so it's really helpful to have some kind of embodied sense of presence here, an embodied awareness, right? And um, um, we're not often not used to having both awareness and a sense of embodiment, embodiment together. Like all of you now, I'll, I'll ask you to sense your body, be aware of your body right now in a very relaxed way. Just feel your body sitting here. And notice how as you in a very relaxed way sense your body, you can hear me because the ears are part of the body and, the under and you can understand me because even the brain is part of the body. And the trick is, can you keep your eyes open and feel your body and stay aware of your body and what I'm saying. And that it opens the space of awareness that includes oneself and others at the same time. And that's part of what we're learning when we do this kind of interactive practice is to be present and aware, mindful of ourselves and mindful of the other person at the same time. But technically, it's called internal and external mindfulness. It's not even a big deal. It's in all the teachings of the four foundations of mindfulness to practice both internally and externally and practice, practice first internally and then externally and then simultaneously internally and externally. And so... We're, we want to learn how to practice this way experientially, not taking anything for granted, but being aware as we're interacting and not assuming we know what's gonna happen or even what's supposed to happen. It's, it's a practice of discovering the truth and the truth is always comes alive in this moment. It's not something we know from the past we, we may have some knowledge from the past, but actually the truth is always alive now. The Dharma is always alive now. And, and we want to see what happens as we practice together in this way, in a very relaxed way, in a very curious way, not knowing what's going to happen. And... Um, yeah, so we want to stay aware of body, heart, mind, space, time, consciousness, right? About whatever's going on, about what I'm going to give you a topic to talk about. We're going to get in groups of three, and then we're going to, we're going to um, spend a few minutes each talking, just one person at a time. One person will do some inquiry about the topic. The other two, you're going to be a representative of awareness. And awareness means uh, really a loving awareness, a kind awareness. So you want to be aware, but you're not doing it to be critical and judge the other person. You're doing it to really be a manifestation of awareness that supports their inquiry, their investigation, their discovery of the truth. And it's a great gift that we can all give to one another. And so, um, and it's a practice that we uh, have not developed enough in our worlds generally. And we're always looking, we always want to be real, you know, or be authentic. That's the word these days is being authentic. And it's good to be authentic. So here's an opportunity to be authentic for real with people. And not pretend, not, not have to fake it. Just be who you are and see what happens. See what's true. See what's the dharma of this moment. Okay, and I see there's a number of couples. So we'll try to figure out how to do this. My friend Terry's here, who's like my Zoom wizard. Wait a sec, Terry. And, and so if we need help from Terry, she'll jump in. But I'm going to try and do it because I'm trying to learn how to work Zoom even better. Um, here's the deal. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to put everybody into breakout rooms. 
Keep your cameras on in the breakout room. Don't turn it off. You want to be there. We want to see you. And if you can't, if you're on a phone and you can't do your camera, then you can, we'll live with the phone part. But it's really, we'd like to keep it all uh, alive. And there was, um, was one other thing I wanted to say, and I'll leave that for now. Um, Okay, so let's, here's, here's, oh, I know what I want to do. I'm going to have to do one thing. I've got to find the talk I wrote because I want to, I want to put the exercise in the chat box. That's what I'm going to do. Okay. Okay. So, here, but if you have a pen and paper, write this down now. Get a pen and paper. And okay, each person's going to have seven minutes. And for seven minutes, you're just going to inquire, you're going to investigate what do you know about this topic? And the topic is what do you love? What do you care about? What moves you? What interests you about the Dharma? What do you love, care about, moves you, interests you about the Dharma? And you can translate Dharma in any way, right? A small d, it just means the truth. Big d, it means the teachings of the Buddha. You can, you can do both. Right? You can weave both in there. Okay? And then the other part of this monologue is what don't you love? What's difficult or unclear or confusing? What's, what don't you love? What's difficult, unclear, confusing? What don't you understand about the Dharma? And so you can talk about either side or both sides at different times in your seven minutes. And as you're talking, okay, so that's the, that's the topic. As you're talking, include what's happening in your body, in your heart and mind, not just what, what's happening about the topic. So you might talk about what you love. I, you know, I might say, oh, I love the Dharma, I, and I do. I love the Dharma. I love what the Buddha taught that's been alive for, you know, 2,600 years now. And when I feel the love, I feel my heart open. You know, I just feel, I f actually feel the love. It's not just an idea, right? It's alive in this moment. Or when I feel uh, like I'm confused about the Dharma, my head gets tight and I get, I get like, fuck, what, what the hell, what is this? I, I can't understand it. So I get frustrated and I feel the frustration and it's even here now when I don't understand. We want to just see what's true in the moment. And I'm exaggerating a little in the moment, but I want to make sure you have full permission to be real about what's true. Okay, so now I'm going to go to the breakout rooms. Uh, people are showing up with pictures now. <laughs> Great. I think everybody's back who's going to come back. So we have some time for questions or comments. You can, if you click the reaction button uh, at the bottom, there's a raise hand. You can raise your virtual hand. If you need to raise your physical hand, I'll kind of look around. But but it's good to know how to use a Zoom as long as we're going to be on Zoom. Susan, in the bottom, it's a reactions button. Do you see that on the bottom of the screen? Yeah, there you go, Susan. Great. Okay. So please unmute yourself. You, you need to unmute yourself. Uh, over on the left, on the bottom, I think you could do it. If not, I'll unmute you. Yeah. 
there. I found it. Whew. Did okay. I do it? You got it. This was an accomplishment. Well, I got to tell I I just have to say I love this. I I am a, a Diamond Heart student also. Uh -huh. and, okay, uh, great. Familiar with the process and I didn't realize how much uh, I have a retreat coming up, but um, I, I've really missed having this kind of interaction. And I had two wonderful uh, people to talk to. And, um, oh, it just uh, has uh, brought uh, an aliveness to me that is so much joy is arising. So I, I want to express my gratitude. I come every Sunday, but I never say anything. <laughs> well, I couldn't it, help it. <laughs> good. It's great you couldn't help it. Great to hear that it was helpful. And of course, you know this in the Diamond Approach, and I didn't say this, but this is for everybody to hear. When you do inquiry, you don't say what other people have said. That's confidential. What You can say what you said or how uh, whatever people said impacted you is okay, but don't don't quote them, okay? Because that's private when we do inquiry like this. Great. Okay, well, great, Suzanne. What, and what I, else? I hope we do it again. Yeah, we will, because really there have been a lot of requests from this group to do more breakout groups and, and have more interaction, and this is a great way to do it. And Pam Weiss will be here next week teaching. I won't be here, and so I'm going to ask Pam and see if she can make some room so you also do a little inquiry, because it's such a powerful practice. Both Susan and I know this. Terry also knows this from the Diamond Approach. It's just, it's just killer dharma in my language. Yeah. <laughs> so killer, killer's a good thing. So yeah, great. Thank okay. you. Okay. Okay. Sue Young, please unmute yourself. Hi. There you go. And then you have to speak. Oh, I know. That's my yeah. favorite part, to speak. <laughs> Hi. Uh, it, it's just so good to be back to Sangha again on Sunday. Great. And, well, um, glad you're here. Right. I spoke, well, I'm actually out of self-quarantine. Today is my last day of self-quarantine. Uh-huh. Um, and it was really nice to talk to someone and then really nice to have a, some moment for seven full minutes. It could be forever, but, um, <laughs> yeah. and then, uh, talk about what I like about Dharma, which uh -huh. is, it feels like coming home every single time when I'm sitting in the sofa, sitting in the chair. Mm -hmm. and I, I love about that part and I thank you so much for sharing my stories with other people. So, um, that's good. I just want to say hello and uh, share that. Great. Thank you. I'm glad you were glad you're out of quarantine and glad you, you enjoyed the uh, inquiry because it's really a beautiful part of practice that we're, many of us are not familiar with. And, it's, and then to see what it's like even now to stay aware of what's happening, body, heart, and mind, while you're listening or while you're mm -hmm. speaking, both. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Okay. David. Hi. Um, Hi, David. I was struck by how, um, I, you know, I was trying to sort of notice my physical feelings and so on while I was talking, and I didn't really have very much access to anything. I just felt kind of comfortable in my seat. The only thing was I noticed that when I thought about something, I would look over and up to the right, which is something I have I have. But then when I was listening to other people, I noticed a lot. I noticed 
feelings of sort of empathy and understanding and that made me lean forward or kind of sometimes it made me do that or hold uh -huh. my arms and, uh -huh. and sometimes it, I could even feel like um, you know the, the beginnings of having tears brought to my eyes just the very uh -huh. beginning of it. Uh -huh. sure just that kind of you know oh yeah I know what this, this, these people are talking about and that's Right. You know, this warm feeling. So right. that, there was a lot, there was a lot, I had a lot more access to those sorts of details when I was listening. Right. Well, I would just encourage you uh, to recognize that even the not a lot of details is having access to what's here. Maybe there weren't a lot of details. And, and also it is, as you're pointing at, it's a little easier when we're only listening and not speaking because we're so used to speaking and conveying the words and telling people and, and, and also, at least in my mind, wondering how are they hearing this? Are they getting it? Or are they seeing me or, or not? And so, and so by doing it more repetitively or consistently like any practice, it gets easier and easier to stay very aware on both sides, both internally and externally, on both sides of the practice of the inquiry. Yeah, good. Thank you. Okay, Ali. Hi, Eugene. Thank you. This is, uh, you had a lovely group also. And then I had a, <clears throat> a question basically. Uh, uh, is there in this practice, in this uh, approach, is there time allotted for like a feedback at the end or is it just like basically a deep listening practice? I mean, actually two questions. That's one. And then the second one is that uh, I know we're silent when we're uh, listening, but then, you know, one can't help it, but just give like nod of the head and then just, you know, encouragement or something, you know. Uh, so is that... Uh, discouraged yeah. so because I know it affects the other person the speaking right that's all good questions technically uh, in the way that I've learned it yeah you don't do anything you don't give them any feedback even physical feedback because you really want to let them have their own experience and not be impacted by you except by your presence holding them so they can have their own inquiry and and um, what was the first Question the first one was that feedback. is there like, yeah yeah and and yeah and yeah feedback often happens like we could we could have done you know seven minutes of each person going and then do five minutes of a little discussion about it or it's something like that uh, but it's really good at first just to do the bare um, the bare exercise so people get used to it together because you don't want feedback, you don't want to give feedback like where you're saying, oh yeah, that was really horrible what you thought or what you said, and you don't know what you're talking about. And people, I, I understand you're not thinking that way, but we, we have a group, it's all a drop-in group. I don't know everybody who's here, and I don't want anybody, I don't want any judgment to be projected on anybody about their inquiry, about their, their, their discovery or their wondering or their investigation of the truth, right? Yeah, okay. Thanks. Thank you. Anna, you're welcome. Anna Marie, I know your hand's not up, but your, your picture is the next up, so it's just nice to see you. Hi. <laughs> Anybody Hi. else have their hand up? I was just wondering, uh, Eugene, really, uh, like a follow-up on that. Uh, do you give, is it okay, and the feedback after, you know, after mm -hmm. what, to say, like, I resonated with this that you're saying, or not sure. really? You, you could, yeah, you could say it resonated with it, and here's how it touched me, or here's how it moved yeah. me, or okay. here's what, how, what it helped me understand, right? But usually the way feedback is given is you want to help continue the inquiry for the person. Oh, when you said this, what did you mean by that? Or how did it impact you when you saw this? Yeah. Those, that's the kind of way you do feedback. Yeah. Thank you. 
Okay, yeah, and actually I think we're out of time here. Yeah, we're out of time. So I'm gonna go back to gallery view. Well, <laughs> Barbara's waving, hi Barbara. Um, I just wanna thank all of you for doing this and I hope it was helpful. And we'll do it more. We'll, we'll really see if we can learn how to do this more uh, skillfully together over time and see what we discover in terms of the Dharma. Uh, and we'll take a moment to offer our sharing of merit, you know, that we have the good fortune that we can practice in this way together to uh, meditate, to learn about the Dharma, and then to, to even inquire into the truth together. It's a great good fortune, and may our good fortune go out in every direction and be offered to every beings in, in this world and in every world. May all beings be happy and peaceful. May all beings be free from suffering. May all beings inquire into the truth, the reality of who and what they are. May all beings wake up and be free to continue discovering the truth forever. May all beings be free. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.